0: And welcome to Paradigm Playbook, a podcast for entrepreneurs in the business of sports. Your hosts, Dave Kozak and Steve Cook, are business owners, successful entrepreneurs, sports enthusiasts, avid readers, and longtime friends. For years, they've read every business book on the market and built successful companies with what they've learned. This podcast will give you the critical takeaways in just 15 minutes a week. It's a quick and easy playbook for building a winning sports business. And now, here are your hosts, Dave and Steve.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paradigm Playbook's podcast. Today, we are continuing the conversation from last week, which was uh, a kind of an offshoot of leadership. But um, one of the, the big things that uh, we brought up in our last episode was conflict. And uh, you know, Mark Lencioni has the book "The Five Dysfunctions of the Team," and one of the main dysfunctions is conflict, and productive conflict. I think is what we all really strive for. But the the idea that you can get through business life without conflict is a pipe dream, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, <clears throat> Patrick in the book, you know, the his wording was the fear of conflict yeah. or the the lack of conflict or the avoidance of conflict or something like that. But um, it's almost that you want to generate conflict to get creativity. So innovation Mm -hmm. comes from conflict. Um, New ideas come from conflict. But the problem is that there's too many people opting for status quo. You know, they want smooth sailing. They want, you know, everything to go along. So they avoid what, what Patrick called, you know, sweaty palm conversations that never happens So never, people never really grow or benefit from it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, on a daily basis, there's conflict. Um, and what typically happens is people avoid it, right? They don't, Oh, we just going to let that go. And, uh, ah, do I, I don't really want to start that conversation. Ah, that, that's going to create more work for me or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and, When you avoid conflict, you also avoid progress. And one of the most motivating things as an entrepreneur or as a business person is progress, right? Progress is a, it's like a snowball that you start a little progress and then you make more progress and more progress and more. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But all along the way, if you're unwilling to have the difficult conversations, you're stopping progress. You're allowing that status quo, which maybe it's okay, maybe it's not, but it's certainly not improvement, right? And so I think the the uh, the key is maintaining the energy to have the conflict and to make it productive. Productive conflict is a remarkable thing, but it requires a lot of juice. It requires a lot of brain power and effort because there's no worse thing than negative conflict where everybody, you know, you take your ball and go home essentially, right? Like a, like a schoolyard boy, um, conflict requires that there is a, or I should say there's a right way to do conflict, which is a mutual respect and a understanding of disagreement and a, uh, negotiation of desired outcomes by both parties, right? I think that's, that's the key.
2: Yeah, I, I think a little too often it comes down to uh, conflict is a result of something that just um, randomly comes up whereas I think purposeful conflict it, um, is going to get you where you want to go i'll give you an example from from my my corporate side is you know where we have uh, supply chain issues and and delivery and backlog problems and you know, all kinds of things. So I make uh, just a random statement. We're going to eliminate X line X. One, one product line, we're just going to eliminate it. The only way we're going to catch up to our backlog, get ahead, we're going to... Now there's a lot of people that put a lot of time in development of that line. And they don't like my solution at all. But without me making that suggestion, I'm never going to get that discussion. So I think um, purposeful conflict to create the discussion is where you have to go. It would be great to say, well, what do you all think about this? But until a radical opinion that you disagree with comes up, you're not going to get passionate about discussing that conflict.
1: Yeah. And there's a, there's another concept that's great. And I can't remember the lady's name and I wish I did, but it's called radical candor. Mm. And radical candor means, and, and, um, if you if you're a Ted Lasso fan, have you watched Ted Lasso?
2: I, I know, but everybody tells me I got it's,
1: to. It's yeah. an absolute must. It yeah. is, it is the feel good coaching, like positive, but it's just an awesome, awesome show. Uh, he has a, a phrase that, and he's going through a divorce in the show, but I won't give it away. But anyway, when he has to be honest with his wife, they, they say Oklahoma. And then that turns into a thing that they do, he does with his boss. And so, you know, there's different, different episodes where he said, Oh yeah, things are fine. And then someone turns to Oklahoma and he goes, no, things are terrible, you know, but radical candor is that same concept where you have to be radically honest and truthful, uh, in that moment. Now, what, what I think people really suffer is that and and this is a polarization of our society right now where you can't have dissenting opinions and still get along, right? I mean, look at the political environment, you left, right, center, I mean, they can't, nobody can talk to each other, right? But this idea that, that uh, conflict has to be negative is what people have to get away from. Conflict is a very positive thing. It facilitates change. It inspires uh, forward progress. And if we never have conflict, you, you never settle anything. You never move beyond that. And it, it, becomes a, it becomes a burden or a weight that you just kind of sinks you,
2: right? Yeah, I think it, you make a great point. And I think um, the lack of conflict or, or the avoidance of conflict in life is spilling over to business. And that's why you get everybody that wants to, you know, kind of hold hands and hum you know, in a business meeting rather than, you know, roll up your sleeves and duke it out. But it's because, you know, you're told that, you know, you know, you you don't criticize children, you don't punish children. Yeah, you can't offend people, Um, you can't, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, in sports we see it all the time. It's like, um, yeah, well, let's go back to the batting cages. We always go back to the batting cage and, and, you know, every dad wants to tell his kid, you know, great swing, great swing. Um, and they're judging that based on they made contact with the ball in no way, shape or form. Does that mean it was a great swing? There's no correlation to, to those two things. And while we want to encourage him, well, you have to encourage people with the truth. So I I think avoidance of conflict is, you know, kind of the burying of truth. And you're, you're right. You know, no one wants to have a political discussion you know, my opinions, my opinion, and that's not, that's it no one wants to discuss it no one wants to listen to the other side of it and, and get a a healthy debate and and maybe that's what's what's missing in business today is healthy debate
1: well and you know the idea that two people can can disagree uh but can come to terms is what, like what happened to that right and you know there are times where i start a meeting by saying, listen, I'm, I'm bringing radical candor to this, so I'm not pulling any punches. So there is a component of this radical candor that requires that you set your ego aside, right? If your ego gets in the way of your decision-making or your radical candor, uh, or someone else's, then it's, it's a loss from the beginning. The ego is that thing that When someone tells you that they disagree, that makes you get nasty as opposed to seek to understand why. And so, you know, the, uh, that avoidance of conflict and that fear of failure, which I think is our next subject matter for next (laughs) week, fear of failure is a huge piece of it, right? And so the status quo, right, as an employee means that you have a job and you're doing your job changing the status quo means you have to change your job. And what do we know about the human psyche? Doesn't love change, right? A lot of people do not like change and they, they fear change and they're reluctant to change. And so I think this radical candor requires that if you're going to be at a table, you better put your ego aside because if you don't, the first thing you do is become defensive. And the moment you become defensive, you become uncoachable and unproductive, right? and i think you you want to talk about that kid that hears his swing's great his swing's great his swing's great and then all of a sudden he gets on the field with a coach that actually knows what he's doing and goes dude you're dropping your elbow you're 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 casting your hands backwards you're coming around the outside of the ball you're rolling your wrist too soon the kid's like no my swing's great no i don't yeah. like that coach
2: yeah so yeah we talk about it all the time in sports it's so much easier uh to to build a skill than to to fix a skill and it's because For too long, they've been told that, you know, everything's wonderful, everything's wonderful. And they're correlating that with, you know, their, their ego and their, their self-worth and it has nothing to do with it. It's Mm -hmm. like, um, the best athletes in all of sports are the ones that are never satisfied. You know, they're this, this obsession with improvement. Um, and that's what disagreement or conflict enables if you don't ever have that. So we go into business meetings all the time and no one wants to bring up, you know, as they say, the elephant in the room. It's like, you know, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. Our customer service sucks. You know, it's like, you know what? And, and that's not, I think too often if I say, you know, if you have five people in your customer service department, which that's a whole nother topic, which everybody's in that department, but, if, if you did that and you say customer service sucks, you're not saying any one person sucks, but maybe it's the process that sucks, but everybody has to, you know, let down their guard because we're all part of it and say, okay, you know, customer service sucks. How, you know, you talked about the dance school or gymnastic school or something where, um, you know, you, you couldn't watch your, your children as they participated in this activity. Um, and there's a, plus and minus to why that's done. But if it's never discussed amongst the staff, then, you know, one of the things that comes up is the reason that we don't allow viewing, let's say it's because it's distraction to the children. So what we have to say is you as a teacher have to learn to deal with that distraction because that conflict right there is going to cost us customers. Yep. So in a, in a business, It's little things like that that are never brought up that, um, you know, keep you from growth and expansion.
1: Yeah. And there's a, there's a, you know, go back to my old bulletin board, which is (laughs) bountiful, but what you allow is what will continue. Mm -hmm. And that is true no matter who you are, what rank status file, whether you're an adult or a child. If you don't say, you know, Stephen, I used to talk about Grand Slam and every time I would go in, I would, I would, uh, yeah, there'd be a piece of trash laying around. I'd pick it up or I'd see something that didn't look like it should be where it was and I'd move it and I'd try and make it look a little bit better. And there's a requirement as an, an owner or a, an entrepreneur to, Have things done the way you want. And if they're not being done the way you want and it goes off the rails, right? Imagine if you're on a ship and uh, you set the cruise control and you set it one degree off and you're going across the ocean. By the time you get that 3,000 miles away, that one degree is a considerable error. You're on the wrong continent. Yeah, (laughs) right. Right. So everything requires that, that refocus and that, that again, it's conflict sometimes, you know, um, I I a simple example of here, we have a trash company that comes and picks up the trash. It happens on Tuesdays. If you're an employee and you want your trash taken out, carry your trash out and it'll be disposed of on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it, no one around here is babysitting you. I'm not paying someone to come in every night and empty your trash. We have a cleaning company that every two weeks will do the trash emptying, but really take your trash out. That's a requirement. And if you don't do it, you're not going to, I'm going to tell you, Hey, that's your problem. Not mine. What do I, don't I look like your trash person?
2: Yeah. I I, I think it's important that, that you're willing, willingness to say that and hear it are two different things. So I, I think you have to be willing to say it and hear it and realize that it's not personal. And, and too often in, in business, we just never get down to the healthy debate. Yeah. It's like we do things this way because we've always done it. So, and, and one of the things that we do as consultants when we're working with small companies is go in there and ask the, the tough questions that they're not asking themselves. Mm -hmm. So we have a, uh, in fact, I've got a, a talk coming up at one of the conferences, um, because the, the businesses were all saying they all have a waiting list. And, and so that's, hmm. to, me, to me, a waiting list is people that are standing outside that door right there Ready with money, money, money in their hand. And we're saying, eh, not quite yet. <laughs> so I don't like that. So the, um, and I said, so there's things you can do. So if, if you do, you know, eight classes a day that are all an hour, if you make them all 50 minutes, you've just picked up a hundred hours or so we'll, whatever it is. So that's where you put your waiting list in. I mean, that's one way to solve that. So then the conflict that comes up is, well, no, I, I need 50 minutes. It's the way I, I teach these things. So then the conflict that comes up. So during your one hour class, what's the downtime? Let's clock your downtime. When are those kids not actively doing this? And how are we going to buy back that 10 minutes that we're going to sell to the people behind the door? So. That's a conflict. That's a healthy debate that we have to have. Are classes an hour or are they 50 minutes? So now, <clears throat> if if you don't have a waiting list, that's another healthy debate that we can have. But if you do, there's 10 ways that I go through that we're going to fix that yeah. um, or monetize it. So yep. that, again, it's it's money standing outside the door. And you as the owner may have a different view than the, you know, the technician or the coach or the the teacher that's in there saying, you know, it's much more relaxed if I do it this way. And you're saying, yeah, but that's money standing outside that door. And it always comes down to that. Um, and you're in business to make money. So let's, let's have that tough discussion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, and that question in its own right should start it. Right to me, the first question I asked so well well, do you like having you know x amount of dollars standing outside your door not writing checks to you, and do you know of a way to fix it, and then it's the what ifs right, making people think that's the the proper way to have that conflict as opposed to be like, hey, you're an idiot, there's money on the corner, and you can't bring it in the door because you're unwilling unwilling to do something different, and that is what leads me to the conversation on. Change. And so that's a big change for some people. Some people, they get it right away and they're like, oh, that's brilliant. I didn't think of that. I'm done. Right. Then some will fight it. Oh, it's a, a, we, we we can't possibly teach what we're teaching in an hour and 50 minutes. There's no way. And I'll go, well, run a better
2: class. Well, I I mean, mean, so again, there's, there's mm -hmm. 10 ways to solve that same problem. You know, you, you do an eight to one student teacher ratio. And I'm saying, okay, we'll just make it nine. Yeah, I can't handle nine. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a, so everything has evolved over time. And with all make the tech, it
1: 15 with two,
2: all the, all the um, technical advances we have and, and you know, gymnastics I use all the time because I know it, but you know, you and I had this discussion. It used to take um, one teacher to spot someone learning a back handspring. And we went through this with your daughter Yeah, we did. saying, okay, here's a tool that you can use. If you have this tool, That's one less teacher you need. So technically, if I had one student there and one with me, I'm doing two at a time and they're learning the same skill. It's not exactly the same, but it's a solution. And it's a way we go from eight students to nine students.
1: Yeah. And that, that willingness to change is, is a huge part of conflict resolution too. Um, and, and I think, you know, we've seen, we've seen a lot of heels in the sand we've seen a lot of people dug in for the last 3 4 years and um we're still watching people dig in
2: well and it used to be industry wide where the heels in the sand were industry wide now you know what in in auto insurance this is how we sell this yep. is how we do it no there's there's no networking it's not no we don't do it that way yep. so there's a ton of things like that you know we're both tied in with baseball and you know, baseball you talk about the old school Style and what's done, and the new young hitting coaches that are coming up saying, yeah, it's not really how we do it. It's like we can get the the repetition, and you know the the ones that aren't using visualization as part of coaching now, you know, are are twenty years behind the times, and that's a discussion that we have to have before we move move on. So we don't get through many podcasts without referencing a book. Mm -hmm. So the book that that I want to dig into and and recommend is the book, I think it's just called Fish. Do you remember the, yep. that book we talked about? And I forget the whole story about it, but their big thing was, um, they had a conflict resol- uh, problem that wasn't discussed between departments. And it got to be where nobody wanted to be in one department, because, and but they wouldn't discuss it. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting book. So I recommend that we get on next week. I'll try to remember author's name and all. I, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. But the book is fish
1: yeah and 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 that's a it's a great story because it's it's again it's told in that that fable yeah fable kind of way but the idea that uh this one department was like the where people go to die was like the idea yeah yeah, exactly nobody nobody wants to go there oh you you're you're gonna it's gonna suck the life out of you if you go there and uh, I was up to this lady to fix that. And she did through the story. And the idea is they had to change. They had to have the conflict. They had to have the tough conversations as to why it was, it was seen that way. So again, when when you talk about that avoidance of conflict, um, I, I can't say it any more simply that you're avoiding progress if you
2: avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think in, in the, in the sports business that I'm so tied into, we, we see it all the time is that we're we're stuck in tradition because it worked and we don't want to advance beyond that. We don't want to make the change because of the, the risk. So there there is a risk avoidance in in avoiding conflict.
1: And that book is Fish and it's by Stephen C. London. Oh yeah. yeah. Harry Paul and John Christensen.
2: It, it is a fable it's an easy read book so something that you know you can pick up and you know it it's a it's a weekend read and, that's and nice and i
1: think the one of these that really starts it is uh the five dysfunctions of a team talks about this a lot and and the idea of of conflict uh the, the other one and and there is a book i think it's called radical candor and i can't remember uh the lady's name that that created the subject matter but um you need to start practicing it. And there's another piece of this that I think as managers, we sometimes, or as owners, as entrepreneurs, we sometimes forget, which is we have to require others to have radical candor. And they may not be nearly as comfortable with it as you are because you've taken on the risk. Uh, and so that radical candor is a component of culture that you have to instill in your in your group so that uh, you're getting the unbiased and truth from people and their opinions and now you always have the veto power right like i can say i appreciate your opinion but we're going to do it this way right mm-hmm. that's the the owner's prerogative but you must require radical candor not only from yourself
2: but from those around you and i and one of the the problems that comes along with the avoidance of conflict is that your your introverts in the group the, the quiet people in the group yet overlooked because if if you allow people to be, be quiet and not speak up, um, then then you may be losing one of the, the best opinions you have. So in a way what you want to do in, in a meeting situation, and we talked about this, what's the right number of people in a meeting? Um, but the right number to, in to have in a meeting is the number that can speak because you have to hear all the opinions because you can't take the chance that the one that's not speaking has the right answer. And you don't know that. So you've got to get everybody to throw an opinion in there. And then you as the owner, CEO, whatever you have to be the referee and, you know, and in the end make a decision and there's nothing wrong with that. The last step in conflict is accepting the results. It's like, you know, they say, um, you know, 70% agreement, 100% commitment. So you don't have to agree, but whatever the company decides, everybody's got to commit to it. You don't have to agree with it, but you have to commit.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, and the there's one thing that I think everybody that is in a managerial or entrepreneurial role has to master, and that is understanding facial expressions and body language. Because the first thing I do in a meeting with an introvert, I I watch the eyebrow, Mm -hmm. I watch the nostrils, I watch the eye contact, I watch the, the, the way they carry themselves, the, the body position and posture. And I call it out, say, Hey, I can tell by the way you're sitting, the way you're looking or you're, you're, that you're not in agreement. What
0: would
1: you like to say? And so you have to be willing. And again, that's conflict in its own right. right? I'm, I'm judging by your body and body language screams. If you understand body language, it screams for everybody to see. So you might as well get it out on the table and call it, call it out because everybody introvert, extrovert doesn't matter. They will, uh, give you cues as to whether they agree, disagree. And it is your responsibility to get them to voice their opinion and have that radical candor.
2: And in in a, a business situation, there was numerous, um, Downsides to the pandemic, but one was the work at home—you know, work from home—and you lose a lot of facial and body language that you can't have. I mean, we still have it somewhat, you know. that, you know, whatever your political opinion of masking is, but it, it does create a problem in that you can't read people as well. Um, and we have a problem, you know, with children that you know, if if you're masking that child can't see whether you're you're smiling, you're mad, you're frowning, whatever it is. Um you're you're missing something. You're you're missing part of it. And I don't want to get into Yeah. All no, I agree.
1: The facial expression is huge. All right. I think uh, that's it for uh, today everybody. This has been Paradigm Playbooks podcast. I hope you understood and and liked our conversation on conflict. Make it a great day.
0: Paradigm Playbook members, your exclusive content including the related page from the playbook and game plan video for applying this concept to your business are available now. Check your inbox today. Visit ParadigmPlaybook.com for past episodes and additional resources for running a successful sports business. See you next week.